This is 3 and 5 on SLC Management Podcast. Hi again, everybody. It's Steve Peacher, president of SLC Management. Thanks for dialing in for this episode of 3 and 5. Today, I'm with Wayne Hosang from Crescent Capital. He's a managing director and portfolio manager in the Capital Markets Group and focuses especially on leveraged loans. Wayne, thanks for taking a moment. Yeah, sure, sure. Happy to be here, Steve. So we want to talk about a different aspect of the leveraged loan market, and that's typically a floating rate market. So that's the Fed's aggressively raising rates. That's a good thing. People, I think, more concerned about recession. You've got a lot going on in this market. You've got risk markets trading down, at least equities. You've got spreads of high-yield bonds widening. So how has floating rate debt held up so far in 22 in this environment? As you mentioned, Steve, there's a lot going on, you know, record inflation prints, you know, talk, as you said, of stagflation or recession, depending on what you know, angle you want to take on it. One of the things out there that's that's a constant and you know really hard to read is the whole idea of the military conflict in the markets right now or in the globe and globally right now. And then you know, ensuing from that is is the supply chain disruption. Although in North America we have kind of forgotten a little bit, COVID is actually still a big deal in all the parts of the world, in particular China, if you've been reading the headlines. So having said that in this environment, I would say that you know floating rate in general, leveraged loans in particular, and even CLO debt have held up relatively well compared to you know other asset classes. Nobody likes to see a negative print, but I was just checking the data. The loans have performed pretty well. Year-to-date returns are about negative 1.5%, and for CLO is about negative 2.3%. And while nobody likes to see a negative number, if you compare that to other asset classes, you know, for example, high yield, that's down negative. 8.2% and investment grade negative 12 plus percent. So relatively speaking, I think those asset classes have held up pretty well. And I think the main driver of that clearly is not credit, but it's it's really duration management and having a floating rate aspect to the securities. You make a good point in that if you're a long-only investor, there's almost been nowhere to hide because even if you're in cash, you've got high inflation rates and that's going to erode the value of cash holding. So it's, you know, <laughs> sometimes you can hide out in bonds um, if equities are doing poorly, not this time around. So as investors think about potentially allocating to floating rate products, leverage loans, or debt within collateralized loan obligations or CLOs, what should they be considering? How should they think about that today? Yeah, uh, good question. Um, you know, I just wanted to throw one other observation uh, I made this morning. I was just looking down the various rating stacks within CLOs and leveraged loans. And again, just to circle back to just how powerful floating rate instruments can be in a portfolio, the lowest risk class within the loan market, which would be the triple Cs, the return year to date is somewhere like negative 6%. And for CLOs, which would be the single or double Bs, it's more like negative three and a half percent. Again, when you compare that to, again, investment grade or even emerging markets, which which are down double digits, again, it shows the power of floating rate. So the way I would think about applying or allocating floating rate to portfolios would be, you know, let's take investment grade portfolios, for example. CLOs that can provide a very good diversity mix for a portfolio, plus it will have the floating rate aspect to it to help in the duration management. Just for those who are less familiar with the duration of floating rate, we tend to use a duration of about 0.25 of a year. And the reason for that is that the LIBOR or SOFR contracts tend to reprice every three months. If you compare the duration of a loan 
or a piece of CLO debt compared to, say, high yield, which has an average duration, probably close to four years and longer even for investment grade, it can be a really powerful tool to manage the ratio within, within a portfolio. The other side of it is that, you know, CLO tranches, in particular investment grade tranches, provide pretty good relative value. So, for example, single A's in, in, in CLO debt these days are yielding almost 6%. So, you know, I'm sure that stacks up well against any single A investment grade piece of paper out there. So the two real drivers, I would say, for including CLO debt investment grade in an investment grade portfolio would be to really manage duration, to have that hedge against interest rates, and also to get some relative value benefits through the higher coupons uh, related to CLO debt. If I were to look at below investment grade, focusing on leveraged loans for a minute, clearly I think that any below investment grade portfolio, credit portfolio should have an allocation to, to leveraged loans. Again, number one, duration management, uh, especially if you're pairing it with high yield. And then credit risk management, because once you go below investment grade, credit risk becomes you know, a bigger, let's say, topic to focus on. Why would you go into loans versus staying in bonds? Well, you know, loans are higher up the capital structure, they're senior and they're, and they're secure. So while the yield on a single B senior secured loan might be less than a single B high yield uh, issuance, you're certainly up the capital structure. And in case the markets do turn on you and, and there are defaults, the recoveries on those loans tend to be higher. So it, it depends on the portfolio manager's view, but if there is a heightened sensitivity to credit risk in the market, that certainly leveraged loans would be a good alternative to high yield. So let's extend that comment about credit risk. You know, one concern on the part of an investor that may want to increase their allocation or make a new allocation to leverage loans is that threat of an economic downturn and the potential impact on credit quality and maybe increase in defaults. So in light of maybe more economic uncertainty that's arisen today, given some of the challenges in the macroeconomic environment, what's your view of the outlook for loans and also CLO debt as it relates to the, the threat of an economic slowdown and potential credit issues? Yeah, that's a good question. And, you know, it's funny, you're not the first person that asked me that question recently. For all the Superman fans out there, or foes, defaults are the kryptonite for credit investing, in particular below investment grade. So really and truly, the question is, you know, what's the default outlook going forward in a recession? And, and that will also depend on the type of recession that we go into. Currently, the default rate on loans, believe it or not, is actually less than 50 basis points on an LTM basis. And that is compared to maybe a 30-year average or close to 30-year average of closer to 3%. So it is quite low relative to the average. If you speak to the strategists on the street, and we tend to pull the strategists every few months to see what their default outlook is, they think that based on the potential recession next year in 2023, default rates are going to go up to about anywhere between 1.75 and 2%. So if you think about that, that's actually still below the long-term average. And if you assume that the recovery rates on loans is 50 cents on the dollar, and it is actually higher than that, just to make the math simple, you're really talking about a credit loss of 1% against the portfolio that would have an average default rate. And if you think that spreads will actually widen, Going into a recession, the yield on, on loans now is, is already above 7%. And if spreads wide from there to say 8%, and you have a credit loss of 1%, you, you do have a 7% return on an asset class that has historically had low volatility, which I think is good relative value. 
Now, nobody knows exactly how the recession is going to turn out, and that's going to be the big question. But if you do believe that it's going to be a soft-ish, maybe with a few bumps in it, landing next year, I think loans are going to be fine. And you know where loans go, that's where CLO debt goes as well. Frankly, depends on where you are in the stack. If you were to follow the statistics, the AAA, there's never been a default in a AAA uh, CLO piece of paper. Um, and I think during the Great Recession, there, had, there was a default in an investment grade. It could be AAA corporate debt. So you, know, you could argue that there's great safety in the higher tranches within CLO. I think where it gets a little bit more challenging is in the below investment grade tranches, which would be the double Bs where the asset coverage cushion is only about 3 to 5%. And if there is a high level of defaults beyond what we just discussed, then those tranches could be affected. But I think that ultimately, though, if you're going to traffic in the silo piece of it, mark-to-market sensitivity is something to consider because these tranches tend to be a little bit smaller and therefore they tend to move around price-wise a little bit more than their their equivalents in the investment grade market. Those who invest in AAA CLO debt, hope you didn't just jinx it by noting that there had been no uh, defaults in, in uh, AAA CLO debt. So I got my fingers crossed for you. I'm not going to look. As I mentioned before we record this, I want to end. I'm going to throw a surprise question to you at the end. As somebody who's been involved in leverage loans and credit markets for a long time, anyone who's been involved in that market, and I, and I consider myself in that category, having spent a lot of years in the IO market, you can't be an investor in this market without making a mistake. So when you think, what is, the, what is one of the worst mistakes you've ever made as an uh, investor in leverage loans? In leverage loans? I thought this was supposed to be a personal question. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> well, it's personal, Work. Personal, but I'm asking about your, own, your, your, your worst mistake. I know how I'd answer it personally, but... Yeah, my worst mistake was believing too much in the market on a particular investment versus my own instincts. And I followed, you know, I was very kind of young in my career as a credit investor. This was pre-crisis and it was a, a housing development in Las Vegas that was supposed to have a lake on it and it was supposed to be bulletproof. And despite what was going on in the housing market, I falsely continued to believe in the project and we lost some money there. Well, I, I have the distinction of, uh, we, re- we, we invested in the 90s in a, in a bond that I was strongly recommended that ended up going bankrupt twice. So- uh, <laughs> There you go, nobody bats a thousand. Well, Wayne, thanks a lot uh, for this. I appreciate you taking the time. And thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of 3 and 5. Thank you very much, Steve.